Welcome in. Welcome back. Thursday episode of All Canadian. A uh, bit of a different one for us this week, but still going to be a ton of fun. We are joined by Josh O'Connor, a.k.a. Arms Race Pro, a.k.a. the mastermind behind behind the R. Weird sentence there for me, but Josh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate everything you're doing with Behind the R because it's it's incredible. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the kind words. I'm, I appreciate you watching. All right, first question. I know uh, everyone is wanting to know, how much storage does this take up during the season? Because I'm guessing you like keep all of it and then cut all of it as you go in the off season. Yeah, so that's a great question. And no one has asked me that yet. <laughs> um, this was the first. So we did like last season and I shot everything sort of similarly. But obviously, as you know, we kind of ramped things up this year. And I would say about halfway through the season, I kind of just hit that realization like, storage is going to become a very serious issue by the end of the season and we needed to create an actual storage solution because it was like i had stacks of external hard drives it was like this is a little ridiculous um so i built um an nas server um that's 32 terabytes i think something like that or no sorry 114 terabytes we shot 32 terabytes this past season that's wow yeah so because i mean every you need redundancies too yeah that's so i needed something that i could run on raid and just so that in case something happened i had a backup of everything because we were just you know you're buying a 16 terabyte drive and then you fill it up within six eight games and then you need to buy another one just to back up that drive and it just got a little ridiculous and expensive so i mean the nas system was expensive in and of itself but it's more of an investment and it'll last us until probably the beginning of 2024 if my math wow. is correct so you're almost like two terabytes a game just video audio yep. footage wow yeah yeah this well a week i guess a game a week yeah so uh by week Oh, I'm going to get my numbers wrong a lot. I apologize. My brain okay. is <laughs> right now. Um, whatever our BC game was, I think that was week three. I want to say this past year. Um, as soon as we implemented the QB cam, uh, we immediately went over a terabyte a game. And it was in between one and two terabytes for like one, two days during the week in the game. That's crazy. Yeah, it It jumps up very quickly. <laughs> All right. Next, I want I want to ask, how do you decide like who gets mic'd up week in week out? Because like you'll get your stars, right? You're obviously first, but it was Jeremiah's getting every game. You're micing them up, like you're yeah. hooking Nate occasionally too, because everyone loves Nate Bahar on, <laughs> on on content. So, uh, but who do you? How do you decide like each week like who's getting mic'd? Uh, so it, there's a couple different factors. So it's always going to be quarterback. Um, and by I would say halfway through the season i think once jeremiah got injured it became obvious that i need to start miking up the backup quarterback just as like a safety net just in case and then obviously having nick and caleb running like a two quarterback system essentially um through mm -hmm. most of the season it just made sense to mic the both of them up um but then from a receiver standpoint or a defender standpoint it's really kind of knowing what the stories are going on um if I'm seeing things where it's like, I feel like someone might get more reps or I'll ask, like, I'm not 
um, shy about going to coaches and being like, hey, like, who do you think would be good to be mic'd up? Or do you think this person would be good for being mic'd up? Um, Mm -hmm. Lorenzo was an easy one all season, (laughs) just because, I mean, it's Lorenzo. um, And he produced in every single game. And then there are just like the personalities, like the the people who you know are going to give you good content. Um, so it, it's kind of like week to week dependent, but like you have your usual suspects, like you mentioned, a Nate, a Jalen, Caleb, Nick, um, Pat Levels was great. We mic'd him up for, I want to say like four or five games. Same with Lorenzo. Lorenzo was, I think, six or seven games. So it's it's kind of a rolling, like what's going on this week? Who's looking good? who wants to be mic'd up is a big part of it too. Cause you're going to get guys who are just gonna be like, no, thank you. And that's that. Um, but yeah, so it kind of is, is, it's week to week almost. Just to kind of follow up on that last point that you made, like what, I, I know there's nothing you can really do about it. You don't need to name names or anything, but like, what do you kind of do if there's a guy that you really, really want to mic up that you think's a good story and he's just kind of like, no, nah, I don't, I, I'm all right. I don't want to do it. Oh, it's usually pretty funny. Um, so like everyone's really chill. Like to be honest, um, there's one player who I, I won't name who was just like it will be a distraction for me. Like I'll be thinking about it too much. And so right there, it's like I'll I'll never ask again. Like that's like heard, cool, all good. And then there are people. Um, I mentioned this last week, like Avery Williams, who's awesome, and who absolutely will not under any circumstances be mic'd up. He refuses to. <laughs> But it's so fun to just try and ask every week. She'd be like, how are you feeling this week? Like, maybe is this the week? Because it's like the one time I don't ask him. He'll come to me the next week and be like, you know what? I was in a, I was in a pretty good mood. I, I probably would have done it if you had asked me. So it's like, I would always like poke at him like right before the game. Be like, hey, like maybe maybe today. And he's like, absolutely not. Why are you asking me? It's just like, but it's same same kind of deal. Like he just doesn't want to think about it. And I totally respect that. And it's just like... <laughs> I'm I'm in their world, you know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. yeah, if you're not down, it's like that that's cool. It's all good. Do you try to like mic up the guy beside them in the formation of line? And like for Avery, you're gonna mic up pot levels of them because they're gonna be near each other all game. I, I would say no. Um, but there that is uh, something I'm incredibly aware of. Um, just in terms of like um I will map it out who I'm micing up to make sure I'm getting both sides of the field. And mm-hmm. obviously both sides of the ball, but there is some thought that goes into that. But it's like, you know, if if I have Lorenzo mic'd, I don't necessarily need to mic Cleon or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I have, yeah, if I have Adam O'Claire mic'd and he's in safety, it kind of covers the whole backfield, and I don't really need to stress. And he's going to end up wherever the ball is, so I don't need to worry about corners. So it's it kind of it all kind of plays in together. So to a degree, yes. Not guys... in a sneaky way, though. Not in a sneaky <laughs> way. <laughs> Jeff guys running up to you on a weekly basis? Like, yeah, throw me the mic, throw me the mic. I want to be mic'd up this week. Not so much. Um, it's I, I think guys were fairly apprehensive at first um, for obvious reasons. Um, and then probably by the end of the season, it was – like guys were kind of excited like pat levels was always super game like super super game and always like willing to be like yeah do it let's go um same with jalen jalen was really great nate was really great um so i i wouldn't say that anyone was necessarily asking or excited um but they were very comfortable with it by the end of the year 
Uh, okay, I got one for the one of the episodes where you had the Mazzoli leg break. Yeah. How do you <clears throat> kind of take, because that was obviously a pivotal point in the season for the team um, and for him as it ended his season, but how do you take that moment and like you convey the anger and emotion, but also like the reality of the situation where there's the coaches are yelling from the booth, like, Will, go get the team. Like, we need to get this settled. Like, we need to keep playing. How do you kind of balance that when you're editing to get emotion, but calmness and stability? Don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> it's a really good question. Um, trial and error. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, I was really just trying to hit a certain tone with that episode. And so there, there are a couple breaks that are uh subtle uh, but very uh pointed and very mm -hmm. uh calculated so for example like the getting caleb warmed up there's like a cut to caleb and he's like yeah that was wild and like that cut made me laugh out loud every single time i saw it. <laughs> you know caleb like caleb's just like that kind of like guy and it's funny but it was like i was trying to find things to break it up where it was almost like exhausting to watch because it's so intense and you're just like, can we, can we just breather like that? I just saw our QB go down, his leg get broken, et cetera, et cetera. And so to try and find those things that you can kind of splice in to just let you catch your breath a little, um, I was very aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a balancing act. And it's like anything, like we, we had those booth cameras up at every single game and so you have crazy reactions to certain things and sometimes i want to show them because it's like people won't believe what happened in the booth and then other times you're just like ah, it doesn't really need it you know like there was a lot of like a lot of we let to swear on here uh yeah, yeah. we don't care <laughs> okay cool i just wanted to I think it was actually Nate was the first person like two years ago who swore he just started like dropping that font and he goes oh wait Am I allowed to do that? And we're like, sure. You well, do, we, you man. We were talking to him about the essay that he wrote. And we were like, we're, yeah, no, we're not going to not let you swear. You're getting very passionate about this topic. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. So there, there were a lot of fucks and a lot of guys like freaking out in the booth. And it's, it's kind of just picking your shots where it's like, mm -hmm. what's going to kind of keep the story moving without getting redundant and just kind of laying into it. Cause there were edits. I'll, I'll be totally transparent. There were edits where it just got to be a little much. You're kind of just like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we're still super angry. And it it just started taking away from what was happening on the field. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of, honestly, trial and error. As, as jokey of an answer as that intended to be, it kind of ended up being what, what the truth is. Uh, for the sit-down interviews where you get like the players or Berkey or uh, like Lapo for the last episode uh, before they let him go, like, are you recording that that week after, or is that all done after the season's over? So I would say we did, I want to say six or seven of them were done two, in between the Montreal games. So whatever weeks those were, I think 18 and 19. Um, I would say a chunk were done then, and then I did about 13 or 14 after the season. So there's like a two to three day window um, once the season's over before mm -hmm. guys do their exit interviews and then they leave. 
And so I just rented one of our rooms for two days from like eight to eight each day. And then just cycled guys in on a schedule and like had everyone for two hours or however long I needed them for. So uh, I, I would say if you, if the darker lighting ones, all postseason, the press box ones in between yeah. Montreal and the like Nick Arbuckles and, uh, and those were done in between Montreal. Sean was at Sean and Adrian were actually done last week. They were done oh, like really? two days before that episode went live. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, Not so much cool. To be honest. <laughs> it was one of those uh, like, Oh, we're missing something. Okay. I'll go back to the stadium right now. Uh, I know Connor and I have like joked about this when we do like video content creation, but like the time it takes to render something yeah into your how long would like the episodes of 30 ish minutes how long does that take to render when you go to export it 27 minutes i have a spaceship of a computer <laughs> god is so mad i'm super <laughs> jealous sitting over here we uh so rit hooked it up it, it, it it's t- it was like a weird trade-off so like i didn't have a computer for the entire month of december which meant i had no pre-production on this show at all that was not awesome. The trade-off of that is like I rendered out episode four this morning uh, just to upload to YouTube for like our executives to watch it. Yeah. And yeah, it's 27 minutes. 27 minutes, 4K, like the whole nine high bit rate. And yeah, 27 minutes. That's wild. But it's, I mean, it's, I don't know what our processor is, some ridiculous like i9, whatever, but we have like 128 gigs of RAM. Like it it flies. It's tough to hear. It's over here like two uh, hours to render a five minute video. Oh, my <laughs> laptop has an absolute heart attack trying to run Zoom and Google Docs at the same time right now. So I'm trying, I'm, it's my laptop's like the 13 year old dog that you just don't want, like you just don't want anything bad to happen to anymore. Oh, for sure. I'm oh, on that God. computer right now for me. Like I have my old work <laughs> laptop and it's like, I don't really want to get rid of it. I don't want to upgrade it because I know how it works. Yeah. It's loyal, right? You're like, yeah. Absolutely. no, I, Yeah. It's always Absolutely. been there for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you go uh, into off season events, like the combine, we saw you bumped around last year uh, and to kind of be a fly on the wall in the player interviews and that kind of selection process. Uh, what, how, like, how does that feel for you getting to be in those rooms? It's pretty cool. Um, I, I would say um, it's it's split. So there are like moments where you're you're kind of, you know, at the time it was like Chad and, and Coach Lapo who were in most of the meetings that I was filming. And you really like gain a newfound respect for line of questionings they ask how they press guys on stuff the amount of research they've done on these players before they sit them down so like they can call certain things out that's like well you mentioned this but actually you know here it says like stuff like that um Mm -hmm. you gain a lot of respect but there's also like in those interviews we had three cameras and two or three microphones running at the same time I'm stressed the other 50% of the time just like hoping that everything's looking good because in the hotel rooms you couldn't move to check cameras mm-hmm. so you're like all right hope everyone's framed properly like hope you know the light from the hotel isn't causing some weird flicker or like frame rate discrepancy or some weirdness like or i'm worried about ambient light shifting the odd like the white balance on the camera like just 
random stuff yeah. like that. So you, you kind of get sucked in and out, I, I would say, to be honest. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then with the draft, you're in the, the boardroom or the war room, as they call it in football rooms. But um, are you kind of like, okay, I need to get certain shots or are you just kind of set it and let it roll? Well, like you said, you stress about small changes happening, but yep. are you just kind of like setting it and sitting back saying like, all right, let's just capture whatever happens. I don't need specific shots, specific moments. So it depends on what we're doing. So um, like we're shooting free agency prep right now. So like, I mean, we're six blocks of days probably over, but like we have cameras rolling like all day today, all day yesterday. And I was in the building yesterday. Um, if I'm shooting for a specific content piece, um, that's not necessarily long form. So like us, like our social media drive, yeah. I think we did like a behind the art. Was it an episode or a short? I don't even remember. How terrible is that? Uh, we did oh, something like of the draft. draft. You had, you had Z on the phone talking yeah, to yeah, yeah. Bergie yes. or Lapa, one of the two. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff, or, you know, if I know we're going to, uh, rip stuff to social media immediately so those first calls and things like yeah. that um i'm looking for coverage so our, the way our war room set up which is awesome is like there's a door on either side and i am that guy who will sprint around the building <laughs> to go to the other door so if like berkey starts talking and i'm i have him looking straight to camera i'll hold for as long as i feel like he's conveyed like whatever the point i'm gonna try and capture is and then i'll boot it around the room and then get the reaction shot that I'll cut to. And so I'm always kind of trying to think anything I need to flip very quickly for social media. I'm like, how is this going to look in the edit? So I'm more shooting to edit than anything else. We talked about this a bit beforehand, but uh, the weight of all your equipment. Yeah. I asked initially, like, how much does it weigh lugging around? Because cameras, after you told us, you carry three on yourself at all times during a game. Like, that's not light uh and connor kind of jokingly said like are you conditioning so what like are you getting ready <laughs> for the upcoming 2023 season like the players are you know i mean not like the players to be very <laughs> clear like i i don't think my body can handle that um but no like we were saying like off air like i i feel every bit of my age at 37 and uh like my back sucks my knees suck shoulders suck like i just i'm not in great shape um so yeah like going into this year a lot a lot of stretching a lot of pleometrics a lot of body weight exercises just to like kind of get my body right to kind of survive a little, little bit more joint care than i would normally <laughs> uh put effort into going into this year um but yeah just like huffing it down the sidelines like get like you know when you have that field changeover or like a big drive and you got to boot it down and like your our main game day camera weighs anywhere between like 25 30 pounds depending on the setup and you're just hoofing it you feel that and i started getting in my head this year that i was like isn't it like achilles like just pop and you don't know i was like oh my god what happens if i'm just running and my Achilles goes it's like, I don't stretch really before a game or anything like that. Like I might, if my back's bothering me, but dudes, I live on like Advil. Like that's Advil like gets me through every game. So I don't really think about that stuff. And like, yeah, this past year, I really got it in my head that I was like, okay, I need to, I need to change the way I'm doing things a little bit. 
<laughs> putting rub A535 on your Achilles might just make you run a bit fast. I don't know I if it'll prevent the... It. <laughs> I bathe in it. Like, on away games before, like, in the hotel room, that's all I'm doing. Just, like, all major <laughs> joints, my back, everything. And I just, like, let it dry. It's like, all right, we're good for the next four hours. <laughs> uh, favorite stadium to shoot at? You can't say Lansdowne. Uh, outside TD. Yeah, outside you can't, of TD. You can't say Lansdowne. You can't say home wouldn't, stadium. Wouldn't be my favorite. Wouldn't be my really? favorite. Really? It's my favorite, best atmosphere, best location, yeah. uh, best turf, hands down, in my opinion. Um, not the best lighting. Great for day games, not the best lighting for night games. Um, so I, I'll give you a 1A and 1B. Uh, 1A, Sask, um, is the, it's like a spaceship of a stadium. It's yeah. the, it, it was the first CFL stadium I shot at, besides TD. Um, so it will always hold a place in my heart for just being like that kind of like, oh, this is like where I shot my first game kind of thing. Um, but it's just beautiful. It's cool. Crowd's awesome. It's super loud. Um, turf's nice. Didn't need to wear knee pads. I forgot my knee pads at home for my first game. And like, that's a big thing. Cause like, wait, wait, little- are you talking like volleyball knee pads or like gardening knee pads? No. So I've switched. So it, uh, full transparency, I've switched. So I, I go between knee sleeves and full knee pads. Um, okay. Like, uh, yeah. It just depends on how bad my body's doing. Um, <laughs> But uh, like some places have really abrasive turf or they have like the pebbles that just rip oh. your shit apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't. Like I could have slept on the turf in Sask. It's really good. Don't know how it yeah. is to play on, but to shoot on it was great. Um, but yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, Sask and Tim Hortons field in, in hmm. Hamilton has the best lighting, I think, in the entire league. But the wind makes capturing sound almost impossible. At least for me. I haven't found a way to to crack that code where if i'm shooting downfield into the wind that like i don't have any on camera audio like it's just basically impossible yeah tim hortons field is just a giant giant wind tunnel and you can't get out of it there's no getting out of it yeah and Uh. it's small like it's actually not i'll be honest it's not really fun to film in like the sidelines are super crazy they're tight you can't get in between the benches like you can everywhere else. Like it's not, but the lighting is so good and mm. so consistent that it kind of just puts it ahead of everybody else. Now, would you say like BC place with roof closed is kind of the vein of your existence because it's artificial lighting exclusively? So it's a little dark. Um, <laughs> it's a little dark for me, uh, but I I like it. I guess we haven't had um really great experiences in BC. Um, so, yes, that was evident in last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be honest, it's it sounds really weird to be like I've never really thought about it while I'm there, but like that last game in BC genuinely just feels like a complete blur. It was one of those like, okay, this is cool, but I did get. I mean, there's some nice shots I got that no one has seen or probably will see, but there were some good. There's some good footage from that game. You're just kind of going back through the footage, and you're like, damn, I really like that. And that, that one's kind of for me. Yeah. We hit a point in that game uh, towards the end where it was like, if I, this sounds terrible, but if I know like we're not really going to come back necessarily, um, you'll start like punching in for beauties. And like, I'll go for, for that game in particular, I brought uh, a 150 to 600, I think. Um, which is really stable out to about 450 mil 
And so I got some great shots of like our D line and our O line and Nick, like lining up super, super tight um, towards the end of that game. But again, it's just, it didn't fit in the show. Cause it was, there was not a lot yeah. of good things to talk about. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, okay. So do you find if you're talking about zoom lenses uh, for the audience there, when he's talking about the mills, um, what do you find you most consistently use on your video camera, like to zoom in with? Uh, like distance wise? Yeah. Like, are you like, I use a 75 to 200 and I usually have it about like 175. Yeah. I, I would say I'm, I'm almost always out at 200 unless I know like the place coming towards me. Um, my goal, uh, like, and I don't know, you guys shoot, you watch anything NFL films, it's like a really fresh reminder that you still suck at your job. Um, <laughs> like, anytime I watch a guy like punched in at 300, go all the way out to 30, keep the ball in focus through the air, and then get the catch, like all in frame, in focus. It's like, oh, I'm not even close that good. Um, that's kind of like what I'm going for is like, I want to go all the way and then all the way back. Mm -hmm. um, so as best as I can within the limits of my camera setup, I try and do that. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say the vast majority of the time I'm all the way out at 200. Sweet. Uh, okay, then if we're talking about shooting beauty shots, favorite shot that you've captured, whether it's released or not released, do you have like one that sticks in your mind? You're like, oh yeah, that's the shot. It's a great question. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot with it, but yeah, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it this year. Um, yeah, I honestly don't know if I, if I want to do like a, a layup answer, I would say the, it wasn't planned. It was just the, okay. Okay. I have an answer but I need to lend context to this answer. And this isn't a shameless plug for tonight's episode or to what day is today? Today Wednesday, would be Monday. Monday. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I apologize. Wednesday's episode. Um, there's a shot that I have of Jalen Acklin getting knocked out. And it's, it's a, it's rough. Obviously he got knocked out and you'll see it in the show. However, the way where I was, uh, he gets knocked out or he's down on the ground and I locked my camera off and you see the entire rest of the play play out behind him out of focus and on the jumbotron, which was directly behind him. And wow. so he's down, but you still know everything else that's going on. And, and he know, and like I told him very, uh, I told him, I think after the game, I was like, I'm so sorry, but that might be the best shot I've ever got from a storytelling perspective. Because mm -hmm. you have like your player down on the ground, you know, partially conscious, and you have this play going on in the background and you can still see it and understand what's going on. People are running in to help them. It's like, honestly, that was probably, that's probably the best shot I've got from a storytelling standpoint, at least um, in the last two seasons, for sure. So you'll see That's that on Wednesday. Just to kind of follow up on that a little bit, like how do you 
how do you deal with something like that? Putting it in the show, like, do you have a conversation with Jalen Acklin and say, hey, like, can I use this? Or is it more so, obviously, you're the creator of it. Is it up to your discretion? No, I talk to them. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, even uh, a trailer that we ended up not using for episode one uh, opened with Jalen's drop in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Even stuff like that, like I texted him to be like, hey, are you comfortable if I open the trailer with this? Like, are you going to see that as any sort of a personal slight? I'm just like, here's the reasoning behind it. Same deal with injuries. Like anything like that, he'll see the episode before the general public sees it. Jeremiah, that was months, almost literally months of conversations before like anything even was seen by anyone else that like that episode in particular we kept very tight to the chest as you can imagine um just because Mm -hmm. of the sensitive nature of that footage but that was like he saw that before the show was even approved like i sent him that footage i want to say in middle of november and we had talked like i gave him like weeks notice where it was like hey this is what i have i don't want you to show anybody Like, I don't want your family to see it. Like, I want, like, I'll wait for a good time for you where you're comfortable and, like, reliving this. And then we'll kind of go through it. If you don't want it in the show, it doesn't go in the show. Like, you let me know what you want. Um, Just because, like, you are, you're asking these people to relive trauma. Yeah. um, You know, to to varying degrees. But it's like, and a lot of people don't want people to see that or get it exploited or risk it being exploited. Um, And so... I mean, with Jeremiah, obviously, like I said, it was a little more sensitive. Um, with Jalen, it's a, a little bit easier of a conversation. And, you know, I always make sure they've seen the footage. They know, you know, what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like, because he was mic'd up for that as well. So it's uh, it, it's tough. But that's where just keeping really, really good lines of communications with the guys and football ops and Sean um, pays off. How is your... Uh relationship then with sean burke since he took over as gm i know you were kind of you were filming obviously when they made the hire and stuff but yeah uh how has that relationship kind of grown he's the best um for someone who's in my job like you couldn't ask for a better person to be to be running that team truly um i i think the the best thing about sean i mean he's a great guy obviously but like from a professional standpoint is uh, he he understands like coming from his background he understands like where the league is going where the teams need to go how it needs to be marketed and understands the importance of digital marketing in general um mm-hmm. to the point where you know if there's something going on and i've always wondered if other teams have this to be honest where like i'll get a text from him and it's like hey we're having this meeting you're more than welcome to join us could be good for the show and it's like cool awesome thank you and it's like i don't know how many gms kind of loop in their video teams to be like hey Mm -hmm. if you want to see this like you're more than welcome to or like you know at the combine being mic'd up and like filming those meetings and stuff like that like he's so open-minded super collaborative with stuff and just yeah like he i don't there's no handcuffing like when it comes like from a creative standpoint from like an editorial standpoint you know we get a stamp of approval from sean mark gowdy from adrian sierra on every episode and Sean's notes are like very minimal, very, very minimal. And a lot of time it's for time. It's not even, you know, like, oh, I don't want people seeing this side or anything like that. So uh, I don't think you could ask for a better person to work with. It's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's amazing to hear. 
Um, going through training camp and stuff, I know we're kind of split, switching gears. Uh, going through training camp and stuff, like for you being behind the camera, like there's some funny moments that happen. Like, do you ever find yourself just like having to withhold laughter or like ruining your shot because you're laughing over top? You're like, oh crap, I gotta edit that out now. Training camp, not so or even practice, like practice throughout the year. The one, the one that comes to my mind right away is is Nate's usher celebration. Like, how how hard was it for you not to laugh where that was going on? He had his back to me. Didn't see yeah, that. that was in that was in episode two, wasn't right. it? Uh, episode one, or no? So technically, he hit it the first time in Sask, but Jalen stood in front of him, so yeah. it was blocked. And then he <laughs> did it against Toronto in like week seven or whatever that was, week eight. Um. It's one of those things in the moment. I'm I don't register honestly like any of it. Like a, a, in a game for sure. I'm just like usually. So I have my seventy to two hundred, like what I call my game day camera set up. And depending on my proximity to that player, I'll either keep them in frame and keep shooting on that camera, or if I think I can get to them, I'll lock that camera off. And then I have a, a 24 to 70 on my chest on another body and I'll rip that off and I'll run and film it. So I'm just kind of calculating distances and what they're doing and where they're going and how fast I can get to where they are, not really assessing what they're doing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Where I have broken, there are two times that I've like been like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> once, actually, funnily enough, both involving Nate Bahar. One, when he went under center in 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like the emergency quarterback. I was self-commentating and not thinking about it at the time where it was like, I ruined the audio for that shot because I was like, I was like, we don't have a quarterback. We don't, we don't have a quarterback. And I'm like <laughs> zooming in on the huddle and I'm like, where's our quarterback? What is Nate doing? Why is Nate playing court? And it's just like, Okay, so that audio is garbage. Like, all you hear is me just being like, what is happening? Um, and then the podcast. So the podcast is one where I really need to check myself. And, like, I'm hyper aware of what's being said, but I try and not laugh. But when they did that one-chip challenge. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, was when it Devontae? Yeah. When Nate said that Devontae was lactose intolerant. <laughs> I was dying when that came out. Yeah. I I could not, but like I was coughing, I was laughing so hard, like I couldn't, I couldn't hold back. And like, so those are the times, like I would say when we're filming the podcast, it's the hardest for me, because I'm usually like really enjoying the process and trying to, you know, pay attention to what's being said. I'm usually making notes about what's being said. But then you have moments like that, that it's almost impossible to not laugh. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I forgot that they had done oh, that. The one chip challenge was, <laughs> was incredible. Up at the end. Oh, and then like I guess if you haven't watched the podcast version of that, like it's all there at the very end. Not to shamelessly tease our products, but um, if you watch the podcast version, like he he throws up that full two liter thing of milk at the end. Oh no! Then who was it? Didn't you guys a couple years ago for the schedule release do like the hot wings with Lou Lou? Yeah. That was literally in my dining room, just right over there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That was a lot of fun. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. That was like one of the first 
like bigger shoots we did and i think kind of like outside the box type deals we did so when you like who pitches that is that you pitching that or is that like Haley and the social team that's pitching it like how does that stuff come together like the hot uh, hot wings of the one chip challenge i uh so the one chip challenge was all nate um <laughs> he he texted me we were shooting the podcast so the podcast was planned um and he just texted me he's like can you bring milk and that was all he sent me and i just said do we need glasses and he's like yes and that was our entire conversation i had no idea what the plan was um and for the hot ones thing that I pitched that and I, I found the screenshot like a year ago uh, where my entire conversation with my boss, uh, Kenzie, was just like, holy shit, I have the best fucking idea. And I think I just said like, we're going to do hot ones for our schedule release. And that was it. Like that was the entire conversation. She was just like, yep, do it and make it happen. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, I need $300 for hot sauces and then we'll be good. <laughs> So what did you get? Like, do you go to like Metro or the superstore or whatever grocery store and like buy like plain wings that are already done and then just roll them in the hot sauce? No. So I actually, I, I'm a huge fan of the show. Obviously it kind of lifted the idea completely. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had reached out to Chili Chili's, like the, whoever oversees Chili's here yeah. in Ottawa. And um, I was like, Hey, this is my idea these are the sauces I know I need, but I wanted to, we swapped a couple for local sauces because I wanted them to be Ottawa based, but I didn't know where they would fit. So I actually reached out and was like, Hey, like, this is the order I want to go in. Do you think this is the right order? And then we just bought through them. And that's uh, sweet. The sauces are expensive, man. I still yeah. have all of them in my kitchen right now. Like, I still have like <laughs> all the, like I have like two bottles of De Bomb, two bottles of the last abs. Like no one's eating them. No, like, they're just like here for whenever we do it again. I guess. One of my uh, one of my, it was so simple, but one of my favorite pieces of content that I think your your team put out was the Is it June yet? Where it was the snowy stands. Like how did that come together? Because that was awesome. That was it was just so simple, but and so direct and so to the point. But I think everybody loved it at the time. Thank you. That is, that's probably one of my favorite things I've done. Um, that was another thing where I, I texted Haley, our, our social media lead. And I said, uh, are you in the building? I need you for five minutes. And I think I spent more time explaining my idea than I did shooting it. Um, <laughs> it was, it was just like, Hey, I need you to sit here. And I just want you to say this exactly like this. And that's it. And then just let me run around and set up cameras so I can get coverage. Um, and yeah, we shot that in like 50 minutes. I, I always joke, like I spent more time trying to get the right walking in snow sound edited into the mix than I did on the entire project in and of itself. That's crazy. What, did like, you have to take like a... Step sounded. That was it. I was like, I think I spent like hours on it, probably. So did you take like a mic and just like lay it near the snow and just like constantly step in the same spot or did you have to like no. find new fresh snow to step in or? No, no, no. So I, I pulled full eclipse, like audio clips of people mm -hmm. walking in different types of snow and it was oh, okay. just trying to match my gait and how much snow was actually on the ground. It probably would have been easier to record sound <laughs> on location. Actually in hindsight, much smarter. Um, but no, like I, I just wanted it. Like that was one of those things where there's no music. So to me, it was like the 
there was like stadium sound like i recorded like just room noise for the stadium just so that you had that playing in it because there would be nothing like i just wanted to be vocals nothing vocals nothing and then vocals footsteps nothing so like sound had to be perfect to me but i'm like mentally ill when it comes to this stuff so <laughs> hey it's called perfectionism and it's perfectly okay to have it <laughs> <laughs> thank you i appreciate you you saying that no that's awesome uh yeah i remember i saw that and i was like god damn it the, the easiest idea imaginable makes the best con- like do you find yourself great, yeah or do you find I, like when you guys get pitches that you're kind of saying like okay well like we don't need to go all out like just simple keep it simple we i mean i i probably still have like 15 or 20 just like that um that we've kind of been sitting on for two years and it's just it's tough um especially just unfortunately with like the overall team performances you really have to pick your shots yeah Um, you can't have too much fun unfortunately in this day and age um so but that really slots into my humor and like that that kind of stuff and and the reason i like it so much and the reason um i'm so happy that people like it is like that's very me like that's that's my humor. That's the way I like to write. That's the way I like act, for lack of a better term. But like that's that's my more my style, my personal style. So when I see that and it resonates well, it's like okay, like I'm not completely terrible at my job. Awesome. Uh, how many episodes left? If we're being nosy at this point, but One, we're getting we're after this. five, five, Four. and that's it until the off season. Four. Season finale this Wednesday. Oh God. Yeah. You don't deprive us of guys. I can't make anymore. I'm so tired. I could imagine fishing through weeks on weeks of film to find the perfect setup is. uh, I could imagine that being a very tiresome job. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I like it's super worth it. Season, I was talking about this recently on another podcast. Um, Like season one was not the most fun to put together, just because. Like, I'm glad people liked it you were literally making something out of nothing. Like there was nothing going on. And so trying to create storylines of things that happened a year prior, trying to find footage that you didn't really plan on getting um, was very difficult. This is like the polar opposite where it's like we had less time uh, to produce the show, but we had every piece of available footage you could possibly want. So it was kind of like, sort of best of both worlds to a degree i would have loved if we had a little bit more time um to to edit it but uh but yeah four episodes and then four is four is done i just got my first round of notes um from from berkey about two hours ago so minimal changes and then yeah she'll be she'll be cooked by tomorrow for sure Wow. Awesome. Is there uh, plans for an off season behind the hour again like draft and combine and stuff or no uh so i think the plan is and i'll i'll speak with full transparency um like i I think the plan is to shift more towards like behind the hour shorts like Mm. we've done so like two to five minute stuff so we've like i said we've been shooting for agency stuff for about two weeks now um and then we had like the tampering period started so like we have that yeah going um and then where are we for dates? Yeah, so free agency is what next week, week after next. Yeah, Tomorrow Valentine's next? Day it opens up. Yeah, so I'll be in the office, shoot some stuff for that. Any big signings? If we bring anyone in, 
Um, but like more more bite-sized content, um, nothing too, too crazy. No, no 10 or 15 minute things. And then for the combine, I'll be honest, I think we're going to switch it up this year. I don't know what our, our final plan is, but just being in Edmonton for a week um, yeah. <laughs> is not like we, we have some ideas and I, I think I, I won't I hate teasing shit. Cause it's like so dumb. Cause it's like, if it doesn't happen, it's like the worst. Then you feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I think what we have planned right now for, for combine is different than what anyone's doing. And I think it'll be cool. Um, but I don't see myself being in Edmonton for, for the five days. So we'll, we'll just kind of, we'll roll with the punches for that kind of stuff. Not for bad. sure. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, we don't want to take too much more of your time up here. Wade, do you oh, have anything? Man, no. that episode's done. Like, it's just me and sleep now. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, hey, I hate to cut into away. sleep. That's uh, sleep. Sleep's still important. I got, I got one thing that I want to end on here because it resonates with me very closely. But in your bio, it says retired punk rock guitar nerd. I myself, yes. so I, I'm assuming you're a guitar player. Uh, barely, but yes. Okay retired i'll say retired retired okay i i myself dabble in the six stringed instrument but i'm a huge punk rock fan so my question to you is what are your five not five most influent like nothing dumb like that what are your five favorite your five favorite punk rock albums oh what a great (laughs) question Save the best for last. Completely irrelevant to your profession or... Well, that's why we're going to throw this stuff in at the end. <laughs> no, but I love that. I love that. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my God. Okay, can I can I look at my phone? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Can I cheat a little bit? Yes. I also have a follow-up to hammer home Connor's point of music after this. So, I say retire because I used to play in bands, um, but I don't. I haven't played in a band in like seven years. Started having too many kids and it just got to be a bit much. But <laughs> I would say my my only hobby is guitar playing. And I, if I can find, like during this whole six weeks of doing the show, it's like if I can find 40 minutes a week to play guitar, I am a completely different human being. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Okay. Okay. And this is really hard. Okay, so so there might be we might have to have that conversation about what you define as punk rock, um, because yeah. So, uh, searching for a former clarity by against me has to be like. Can I do no particular order? Yeah, no, no particular, particular order. order. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, just okay, like okay. five albums that you love. <laughs> searching for a former clarity by against me, one of my favorite albums of all time. Um um oh what's it called uh penny bridge pioneers by mill and colin yeah one of the best albums of all time like start to finish banger after banger yeah um what's this one called under the radar by grade um southern ontario punk rock band like hardcore screamo punk rock band phenomenal um they also became an Part of that band became another band called the Black Maria, also very good. A little more hard rocky, but very good. Um, 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 um oh my god, why is this stressing me out so much? Uh, <laughs> uh so this is an EP uh to the sons and daughters of Woody Guthrie by Red City Radio. Phenomenal. Uh 
What's that? Three? Yeah. Yeah. Three. We'll call it three and a half because he threw an EP in there. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So mm, I want to give you like the stereotypical like rancid. Um, okay, but, fair, yeah. But but like honestly, it wouldn't be uh sincere. Like it just I, I love their albums, but it's not like I'm not ride or die for rancid. I love rancid. Um okay, okay. So I'm gonna go two artists, or sorry, one artist, two albums. Okay. And this is where we kind of might deviate from like punk rock to rock. Um both the dirty nail. Who I think oh, is yes like phenomenal so uh fuck art yeah and master volume start to finish two of the best albums i think produced period like, did you honestly. like their most recent record that's fuck art i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry oh, my bad it's, it's a phenomenal Absolutely incredible phenomenal. oh i'm so happy you threw the dirty nail in there yeah and that's a mostly that's an almost mostly canadian list thing too now that i yeah. think about it um, uh, are you a vinyl collector as well? Like Connor, I know is, has a very extensive vinyl collection. You know what's funny? I was talking to my oldest daughter about that the other day because she wants to get into vinyl, and I've never gotten into it. I, I had bandmates that do and collect, and I, I've just never gotten into it. But I'm interested. If, if my kids are into it, I'll be like, all right, yeah. cool, let's check it out. Um, so I might go. I might go down that rabbit hole. But so now I need to know, Connor. Hit me. What are talk to me? Albums that I oh, like right now. Oh, the turntables like have turned, Connor. Oh <laughs> I man. I mean, when when you started going down the road of like Mill and Connor, I thought you were totally gonna throw like Jawbreaker, like Lagwagon in there somewhere. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, because you could go like Hot Rod Circuit. Great. Yeah. Like uh, Far Side, Love Far Side. Yeah. Avail. Like we could have gone. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. No, I I'll stick to my answers, but like. Far side the Monroe Doctrine, that's a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal record too. Um, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm distracted. Go ahead. It's tough. Like I don't know. To me, to me, punk rock is so. Broad. I know a lot of a lot of people love to like shoebox punk rock, but like, it's broad to me. It's broad Absolutely. to me. Um, I'm gonna like. I don't know. This is, this is gonna make me sound like a twelve year old, but. <laughs> my all-time favorite band ever and i can't get away from it blink 182 is at the absolute top of my list i'm a massive blink 182 fan uh alkaline trio. alkaline trio is incredible so ashamed of myself yeah alkaline okay. trio is amazing uh when skiba joined blink 182 i was like well this is worlds colliding <laughs> so very happily so it's like a, a pseudo alkali trio album. It's like you got a free alkali trio album. Yeah, yeah. It's just with Tom and or sorry, it's just with Mark and Travis. And yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was it was amazing. Um, I am really into the band Pup, another oh, Canadian yeah, band. Yeah. I've shot them before. I shot them at Pusa Fest like a few years. I was ago. like, come <laughs> on, really? Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Uh, I got not connected to them but like i paid more attention to them because their bass player i think is related to one of the owners of house of targ which is a bar here which one of my buddies is a part owner of so it's a whole thing but they're a great band yeah pup, pup goes crazy i i do really enjoy pup um this is definitely not 
yeah, I don't know. This is not a not a punk rock band, I don't think, but I like more Midwest leaning. But brand new is also like the Devil and God are raging inside of me is one of my favorite albums ever written. Okay, so good. But that's like that's definitely more mid Midwest leaning. Um, I'm obviously into like all of the old skate punk records, like anything skate punk, anything I that I think I ever would have heard in a Tony Hawk game. I was gonna say like less than Jake. Like, yeah, like less. Yeah, less than Jake. Um, yeah, all of those albums are are insane. And then um, I I recently just got really into Free Throw. Not familiar. Okay, they're like, um, yeah, they're like, I don't even know how to describe. Like, like emo, like emo, but punk rock, but like they do everything in that kind okay. of vein um my younger self my younger self was super into like all the early green day stuff it's never a green day guy. green day dookie first album i ever bought uh with my own money i, I was just never 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 got into that I don't know. do you really do really enjoy dookie that's kind of that one that <laughs> one's up there for me for sure um i mean i already hit i mean you hit mill and colin i hit lag wagon and jawbreaker so the, those guys are like way up there for me. Oh my god, we both like committed the worst sacrilege. Maybe what's up? Neither of us talked about no effects. Oh damn! How could I leave no effects <laughs> off this list? What am I I'm, doing? What's What's funny in my head? I'm going through what stickers do I have on my guitar that's like eight feet away from me? <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm like close my laptop real quick. Try to figure out what's on the <laughs> other side of it. Just like okay, like when we rise against, sure, yeah. yeah. It's like, no effects it's like oh my god strung out was another one i was strung out yeah uh again maybe less leaning away from from punk rock but like definitely still more in that like hardcore vein i was a massive silverstein fan oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. big big silverstein fan who's the, uh, uh who's like the light or the what was it, the detroit blue vinyl you got you were stoked about that chat, chat, no. Yeah, you know. Okay, so I'm a huge Jack White fan. Who's not? I mean, I guess you could call like early White Stripes garage punk if you want to. But uh, yeah, yeah, I actually, yeah. I was, I was listening to Icky Thump yesterday. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song for a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it real, I, I love it, and it's. Uh, I was looking at. It's so funny you say that because I was looking at the the way it's listed, and. Yeah, it's Garage Blues. And I was like, Garage Blues, what a weird, like, it's funny. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, that's such a weird listing. But yeah. I guess it is. I, yeah, like, they were, I mean, like, early, early, I would say early, like, White Stripe stuff was definitely, like, that garage leaning element, too. I mean, Black Flag, did we leave Black Flag off this list as well? Not, I, I like Henry Rollins a lot. I love so the skate nerd inside of me loves that Black Flag is touring with Mike Whaley now, and I'm kind of tempted to go see them because it would be awesome to see Mike V as a frontman for a band. I've seen him at skate demos, but never sing. Um, but was never like one of my my go tos. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. They like, yeah, Black Flag comes on, and I'm like, oh, sick! Like, I like these songs, but I don't necessarily know if I go and seek out Black Flag all the time, dude. Dude, I could do this all night. Okay, so <laughs> I opened up a can AFI, of worms here. Eh? Oh yes, have to. Um, and then anti flag was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, anti flag's real damn good too. Uh, there's live. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, makes me really happy to hear. 
there's a a newer band out not i guess they're new-ish but i'm a huge turnstile guy right now i've been big into turnstile and i was absolutely distraught yesterday that they didn't even though the grammys suck but that turnstile didn't win a grammy but i don't know I only know the one more recent one, but that album they came out with, uh, Jacob Shop, one of our old O-linemen, uh, turned me on to them. He just texted me. He's like, you should listen to this band. And he was absolutely right. I was I was a huge <laughs> fan of that record. I Yeah, it's really, it's glow on, right? Like the pink <sighs> cover? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yep. real good. Um, man, I just had one up. What was it? Oh, like Minor Threat. How do we feel about Minor Threat? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Some good sure, like sure. some good like late 80s punk in there. Yeah, that whole like, oh my god, dude, fucking social distortion. I was gonna be yes. like, yeah, like that whole like DIY Mike Ness, like traveling a bus. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like we um, could just like I feel like this is just an episode in itself. Like we could have just <laughs> sorry, we totally deviated, <laughs> but like no okay. one asks me about music and Man, if I could quit video and just do music shit for the rest of my life, I would probably do it, to be honest. Hey, I mean, if we're looking to start like a CFL based punk band, I'm I'm absolutely down. So so if you look, like I've we've we've tried this. We've t- we've joked, and for the life of me, I can't remember what our fake band name is, but Marshall Ferguson, um our guy Braden from C- CFL Reddit. We like Braden Statchel? Yeah, we had, oh, yes. God. <laughs> we had talked about starting a band. There was a thread for a while on Twitter about that where it was like, hey, like we're all kind of close to each other. Like you play I the drums, know. I play guitar, like we can maybe do this. Hey, you can easily de- produce it for you. You don't have depending to worry about any how of the back end stuff. <laughs> depending on how fast I drive, I can get to Ottawa in like an hour and a half. Connor, Dude. you can carpool with Braden too. <laughs> Perfect. True. We were saying like we would probably do a better job on the uh breakup halftime show than they did on <laughs> which i'm fairly confident to be honest i don't oh, think i've ever God. played a show that big but i'm not super worried no i mean like <sighs> the biggest i think i can say i ever played is like my old high school band opened up for hawthorne heights once nice that was pretty dope that's pretty oh, awesome we were, supposed to, we were supposed to yeah <laughs> we were supposed to open up for like remember frankie muniz for malcolm in the middle Yes. Apparently he yeah. had a band way back in the day Free and they drums. they were going to like play in Kingston and then like that week they're like oh by the way it's like Frankie Muniz's band but Frankie's not coming. So they were just billing it as like Frankie Muniz's band. Oh no. Yeah, people were irate. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like why else would you go see that band? No offense to that band, but like Fair enough, real. yeah. Let's be real. They're that band because nobody cared about them other than Frankie Muniz. And now he's driving NASCAR. So how the world has changed. As he should. Oh, man. Yeah, music's a wonderful rabbit hole to dive into, though. Oh, dude. What, what uh, movies? Other people get movies going. Oh, we could go movies. I was gonna <laughs> say, what's uh, what's your your guitar? Like your your ride or die guitar? Oh man, I'm a Strat guy. I I'm a Strat really? guy. Yeah. Fair enough. Although, like, right now, I've played my strap for so long that it just is starting to piss me off. And I'm like, I want something with humbuckers in it. So that was my next question. Is it three single coil humbucker or uh, pickups? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three single coils. But I want, yeah, I want something with humbuckers. Or, like, 
So my younger brother is is a much better guitar player than I. <laughs> much better. Hundred times. <laughs> he in the basement right now has an SG with three P90s in it. And if I could nice. if I could commit murder on my own brother and steal his guitars, I would. His uh his younger no, brother's in a band. <laughs> he knows it his, though. He knows it. It's fine. His younger brother, like they're in the their band in Kinks and the Astros, like they they have two really good guitarists. Yeah. Uh, Andrew being one of them. But uh it, it, yeah, I just like I go home and he picks his guitar up and I pick my guitar up and then I put mine down and get sad. <laughs> but yeah, your I dad's Rick like doesn't Rick string them all for you guys? Oh yeah, my Rick's dad, yeah, my my dad gets pissed off because he like every time my brother like needs to change his strings on his guitar, he just gives it to my dad. And my dad's like, "What am I, fucking guitar tech here? Like, <laughs> you're 21 years old, change your own damn strings." Stringing guitar sucks. So it's like, horrible. I hate it, man. I like, I the other day, texted my dad. I was like, "Hey, like, I'm not doing anything this afternoon. Like, you want to you want to jam a little bit?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "By the way, I need to change the strings." And I showed up with a pack of strings. Nice, nice. <laughs> I think I've had I have I changed my acoustic strings for the first Which is time a in two years. Goddamn Sorry. nightmare in itself. That's a nightmare oh, in itself. I had put it off for the longest time because I watched a I'd never done it. And I I was looking at it. I've like I played guitar for like, I don't know, 15, 16 years. And I was like, I've never looked how to restring an acoustic. And I looked at a video and I was like, oh fuck this. Like <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not gonna do this till I have to. It's the entire it. reason it I've never nightmare. bought my own acoustic. Oh dude. It's just I was going to nope. a cottage with better players than me and so i was like i can't have this sounding like shit like i need to compensate somewhere for my lack of ability but oh, like man. my i have a a les paul back there and it's i haven't changed the strings since the pandemic like i i the first week of the pandemic i ordered new strings and that was the last time i changed those strings it sucks it is the worst possible thing about owning a guitar you have to change the strings and then the strings like get mad at you after like four weeks and you're like i gotta do this again are you kidding me oh yeah well i got a i traded uh so i, I had a rickenbacker uh oh. and i yeah so i went dream guitar route i bought my dream guitar i got a rickenbacker 360 last year it was like this is it damn and against me fan laura jane grace i was like yep. this is it got it so not my guitar I, it doesn't feel like me. Didn't sound like me. It was just like it was like very expensive, dumb purchase. Um, so I traded it and got. Uh, I used to have uh, an Explorer. I used to be an Explorer guy. Explorers and Yeah, yeah. And so I got I got the exact same model year guitar I had before. So I got a 2012 Gibson Explorer, and I was dreading having set it up again. And I got it. And it's like because it's got tens, like ten to forty six. Yeah. And I run sixty five ten. And I was like, uh, I don't want to restring this really. And like, so now I'm trying to relearn how to play guitar on tens because I'm so lazy. And I don't want to restring this thing and mess with like the nut or anything. I'm just like, ah, we'll just keep it as is and like, whatever. <laughs> like, I just, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Yeah. No, I need to go to Rick's guitar shop in, uh, in there you go. Ontario. Yeah. Just stop. I'll give you the address. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can yeah. ship, ship it out. I'll ship it back. <laughs> Actually, I'll just drive it back. I'll drive it back with Braden awesome we'll, sure, we'll we'll do a podcast here we'll do like a, a hybrid thing it'll be great yeah i can't play any instruments so i i will be yeah, alone man. we'll get <laughs> you a set of spoons Spoon. yeah sir we'll, we'll get you on the electric triangle 
There yes. we go. I could I could do the I could do a mean cowbell. How about that? Hey, <laughs> more cowbell, man. Never oh, enough. Oh, uh, I left off Taking Back Sunday. I'm a huge Taking Back Sunday fan. <laughs> I, you know what's so funny is I'm I'm I try not to be that douchebag who posts videos of themselves playing guitar online because I think it's like <laughs> to me. Like, so I'm not that good. Um, so it's like, what are you doing? But as an accountability thing, I had been trying to learn. Um, I'll play exactly what song. Sorry, it's the most uninteresting podcast to anyone who's not musically inclined. It's all staying um, in, too. It's all staying in. Respect. Guitar um, section. <laughs> so the the intro to ba- uh, Bonus Mosh Part 2. Yeah. Um, I, during the pandemic, I started like watching uh, Fred, um, their old guitar player, religiously on YouTube. And he did a playthrough of it. And it was just a very cool... I don't like it's just a very cool riff that he plays through that song and I was like oh I gotta learn this and so yeah last week I sat down for like two and a half hours and I was like I need to I need to figure this out and yeah that was my big thing so I posted a video of myself playing that like an asshole um <laughs> but I love that like that album is stupendous especially yeah. from a guitar standpoint like that guy yeah. is so so underrated yeah um, yeah, I was unironically listening to Taking Back Sunday yesterday on a Sunday. Nice. I just kind of like looked at my phone. And I was like, oh, see, now I feel like an ass. <laughs> but they're so good. Yeah, they are. So, so good. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I'm I'm real glad that I asked that question at the end of this podcast. Me too, and, man. And that like was awesome. Dragged it out for an extra 20 minutes here. But no, I appreciate it. That was great. It's good. Well, hey, we, we really appreciate you jumping on to talk Absolutely. about us to everything behind the R. it's incredible we love it and now and everything punk rock because we know that was yeah, his real favorite anytime, anytime you guys want to chat hit me up I'm, i was know. so excited to ask that question i saw it in your bio and i was like hell yes like i had that question locked and loaded like before i even messaged you about wanting to jump on that. with us oh man yeah anytime you want to talk music guitars whatever you hit me up man I'm here. i will absolutely i'm gonna be like walking down the street two weeks from now like i'm gonna find this like random <laughs> punk rock album. album and i'm just gonna like fire it your way i'll, I'll totally start doing that 100 yeah I'm always doing. <laughs> yeah perfect i just got on spotify like two weeks ago oh I'm see i'm like, i'm an absolute oh. sick person and i use apple music so everybody yeah, using youtube music okay <laughs> okay at least like, none I'm... of us are on amazon prime music here no i didn't my one of my daughters explained that to me i didn't even know that was a thing until like this past weekend i never I didn't... heard of I don't think does, does I only Prime know about it because I get the annoying emails to... telling me that I still have an unused Prime Music subscription, and I'm like, that's cool. I'm never going to use it. But doesn't Prime Music have like half the content of Apple Music and Spotify? Like, have they not bought? They have the money to buy it, but like, I, I have no idea. I don't bother. I have Spotify, and I'm happy sitting on Spotify. Yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed. I'm like, a, I'm a recent convert, and now it's like. Yeah, I'm finding all these random punk bands that I didn't know about. Zebrahead was one that I discovered on here. I was like, oh, yeah, not bad. Dope. They're all right. Yeah, I, I don't have nothing against band was, Oh, yeah, Black Pumas, like, they're alternative. Like, I found them when we were in Toronto, eh, Connor, for the summer? Yeah, they're dope. They got I, found, I found them, and you're like, oh, you listen to Black I was like, I've never heard of this band, but I love them. And you're like, oh, just wait, just wait. <laughs> I will say, so, my closing comment, though, if, like, outside of punk rock, Best band, in my opinion, of all time, Coheed and Gabriel. Oh, damn. Good choice. 
my number one. I, wow. But like, if you saw my house or my tattoos or anything, it'd just be very apparent. That like, yeah, you huge Kelly fan. That was the first time I'd ever heard somebody sing like that, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, yeah, just that and the guitar playing. That yeah, they so hard to be like. I remember watching one of their DVDs and I was like, oh, "I need to be in a band." Like I'd played guitar, yeah. but I, was like, I never thought about playing in a band. And I watched their DVDs and I was like, "Holy shit, this is what I need to do." All right, we'll get the we'll get that CFL band hooked up. We'll get that yes. going. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Braden uh, has his number one fan already, so you guys are set. You have a super fan. This <laughs> excellent. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Uh, for everyone at Arms Race Pro on social media, uh, behind the R uh, finale came out yesterday. By the time this is released, uh, so please go to YouTube, check that out. Uh, check out all four episodes because they're all fantastic. Uh, at CF Perspective, at Wade Zek, at Connor R. O'Neill for us. We'll see you guys next week where we have more interviews, more player interviews as we get ready for the draft.